What's going on, everybody? Hope you had an awesome weekend of college basketball. This is At Large Bid here on the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. We are going a little early this week because it is Feast Week. And Feast Week means a lot of exciting games all day long between Maui, the preseason NIT. Battle for uh, Atlantis. Battle for Atlantis. There is so much going on that we are going to be touching on quite a bit of it. And we're also going to recap some of the big stuff from this weekend. Uh, so I'm Tim Daniel here, as always, with my guy, Taylor Bergfeld. How's it going, man? Ah, tough weekend for uh, my heels. That was a, an ass kicking in both games. Um, but other than that, Bengals won yesterday. Feast mm-hmm. week. Favorite week of the year other than outside of the uh, conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. So yep. excited to kind of put a pat or, you know, Carolina played this weekend, a lot of games this week. So hopefully people will forget about how bad they looked and I can be <laughs> happy and, you know, watch, uh, watch the Maui and watch the battle for Atlantis from some other tournaments. Yeah. Really excited for Notre Dame to win the Maui again. Yeah. I, just, I mean, that's their, that's their thing. That's our, yeah. <laughs> he loves but, Hawaii. Oh, well, Will they win it? They're not in Hawaii, though. They're in Vegas this week. So does it really roll over? You know what I mean? Carolina's got the thing where the last three times they've won the Maui Invitational, they've won the national title. So 05, 09, and 2017, they won the Maui um, and then obviously went on to win the title. So, but does it really? I mean, this is where we got to figure out this this is what people listen for is does the Maui uh, (laughs) bump roll over for. Uh, Mike Bray, if it's not in Maui, if it's in Vegas. So we'll have to see. He said he's still wearing shorts on the sidelines. So good for him. My man. My man, yeah. Mike Bray. They haven't looked yeah. too good yet. They they haven't. They no. can score on anybody, but they can't stop. It's like Carolina. No. They can't stop anybody. So Yeah. So I do want to go ahead and kind of, as we're getting ready to kind of talk about everything, I do want to touch on, um, as we kind of talked about last week, the Gavit Games was wrapping up right before our show. And uh, we had the last two games. So the Big East did win it by two games, mind you. And one of those two, the clinching game was, of course, the game I covered at the Cintas Center between Xavier and Ohio State and was really not the prettiest game, but still pretty awesome and exciting. Uh, E.G. Liddell had eight blocks for Ohio State. That was pretty impressive. And Paul Scruggs taking over the game again at the end was pretty fun, as you saw in my game recap article. My, my recap videos. So we won't have to get too far into it, obviously, but uh, just an awesome atmosphere. Uh, this week in their two games, Xavier did not once surrender the lead. They went wire to wire in both games. Uh, they ended up today in the preseason poll at top 25. Uh, that's a big win. That's probably Travis Steele's biggest win of his career. Yep. And um, just an awesome night at Centos. Really fun atmosphere. Two really good basketball teams competing in the state of Ohio. Um, you, you love to see it, man. You love to see it. Yeah, it was it was definitely, um, I even remember like looking at your, uh, your, your Twitter account when the game was going on. The first six, seven, eight minutes. It was a rock fight. It was, it was ugly. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fouls being called for both sides. Couldn't really get into a flow of a game. Um, but you know, sometimes that's where Xavier kind of thrives and, you know, that's when having senior guards and leadership and that that's where those things kind of carry over in your advantage where Paul Scruggs can kind of rally the guys around him and be like, Hey, like we're good. We're in this game. Like we're in control. And the stat you just mentioned about not surrendering, the, surrendering the lead, you know, albeit against Ohio State and Norfolk State, but that's a that's a big week for Xavier, a big win, and a lot of momentum rolling into um, this week in the preseason that I see, which we'll touch on here in a bit. But yeah, they it, you know they survived uh, every time Ohio State would kind of go on a little run with a counter punch, Xavier would be there back to answer, you know, to to solidify the lead a little bit more, or you know, to to extend the lead back to where it was at previously. Um, a big win for Steele, like you said. You know he's he's shown he can beat up on UC and you know win some win some games in the Big East. Um, but this is a pretty big out of conference win for him, and a lot of um, this this week is another big test for them. 
to see if they're for real. I mean, they're ranked now, so I, I would think you know they're the vibes around Xavier basketball is pretty high. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun to be around them this week. Um, you can see in the press conferences. You know, they obviously did not have that hangover game. A lot of people were concerned about. I think that more just comes from being a Cincinnati sports fan um, that people have those concerns, which I I understand. Uh, But yeah, they were, you know, they played just, you know, they played really well yesterday. Just were awesome hitting all their shots. So it was a lot of fun. Um, But before we lose all of our listeners, because I talked too much about Xavier, I just wanted to make sure we got to that. Uh, Let's talk real quick about um, all the other things going on. I know UNC Purdue's obviously... Uh, the one you want to talk about. We were texting back and forth a little bit through the game. And last week we kind of cons- predicted that this might be a, this was a very big game for concern for the Tar Heels. Obviously Purdue is pretty awesome. Jaden Ivey, um, who's going to be pr- pretty high on our big board when it's released is a really, really good basketball player. But I thought Carolina played really well in that game. I felt better about them in that game than I did before it, even though I felt like they were going to lose. I thought they played really well. Um, I thought that, you know, they were, they fought hard, you know, Purdue definitely was more talented and, um, you know, definitely made more plays on the stretch, but was really impressed with how Carolina held in. And then the next day they played Tennessee and just looked like just a totally different team than the day before. So, right. The building blocks that were, you can take away from a loss to, to Purdue, a, you know, a top five team in the country, um, you know, take away some things like, especially because it, it was a game that I never felt Carolina, even when they were making a run that they were going to win um, mm-hmm. just because of the game flow, the Purdue would be up six to eight. Carolina would go on a four or five, six, six, oh run. And then Purdue would have an answer. Um, it was kind of always in that six to 12 point range. It ended up being a nine point game, but yeah, I took away from that game. I'm like, okay, we can score on anybody in an elite offensive team. We just got to work some things out on defense. And then the next day we play Tennessee the a team that is you know very good elite i would say defensively and kind of mm-hmm. mediocre on offense and you know carolina struggled to score but yet also gave up 80 points to an average offense so the red flags are there with the um with carolina right now the defense is is not good a lot of one-on-one basketball yesterday that was just kind of pitiful to watch no ball rotation no ball movement um just kind of very frustrating a weekend for the heels but um you know the panic button isn't there or anything i'm not it's, it's game five of hubert davis's coaching career i think it's going to be it's going to take him some time to figure out you know how to make some in-game adjustments figure out exactly like what his defensive philosophy or what his defensive like ideology is um because clearly whatever is working right now isn't um isn't working right now for them this current season but i'm not i'm not ready to give up or anything you know they play unc Asheville on tuesday and then michigan next week so kind of a good right get right schedule um even if they struggle against michigan it's one of those things that you, you know you, you just kind of try to pick up the pieces as you go along the long season um once you get into conference play you can kind of solidify yourself and find a find a real um identity for this team but it's got to get better on the defensive end offensive looks okay at times but if you're giving up 85 90 points a game you're not going to be able to find yourself in a lot of uh, a lot of wins um if you're trying to just outscore opponents so but kind of switching there, we'll talk about the other game, which was Villanova-Tennessee. That was the um, first game on Saturday. Villanova just outclassed them, outworked them on every every facet of the game. Um, offensively, defensively, they looked great. They have a tendency to do that. Tennessee just looked outmatched, didn't really know how to respond to Xavier, or not sorry, Xavier, but Villanova's defense. Um, just kind of a, it was one of those games that you look up, and I think Tennessee had like 20 points at halftime, which, you know, that wasn't ideal. So, um, 
yeah, and then, you know, kind of we'll pr- talk about the championship game here. It was Villanova-Purdue yesterday. That was, I mean, it Elite Eight Final Four matchup. You know, it was it was awesome from tip to finish. I mean, Xavier, or I keep saying Xavier. <laughs> Villanova was down 10 or 11 points with, like, nine minutes. Um, with Villanova was up 11 points with, like, nine minutes left. And I was like, wow, Purdue is, you know, Purdue's kind of met their match here. And then Jaden Ivey just took over. Um, they're they're so elite on offensive. Like they got Sasha Stevanovich, um, Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady, Trevion Williams. I mean, they can't play Eady and Williams together just because of the defensive liability. Because even in the North Carolina game, Dawson Garcia, Brady Manick were some of the bigs that were able to draw one of those guys away from the basket, and they were able to score pretty easy. But I think Ivey is phenomenal. Um, kind of what I was texting you, I was like, if he's not a top five pick, I don't I don't know what we're yeah. doing here. But they can score at every level. Um, if they get great guard play from Thompson, I think this team can win it all. Um, we pick, I picked them to win the Big Ten, um, but we, I, I think the sky's the limit for this team. Offensively, they just were in rhythm. Villanova, you know, their schedule's tough. They played UCLA at UCLA. They played Purdue and you know Tennessee in the Mohegan Sun Hall of Fame tip-off. They played Baylor in a couple weeks at Baylor. Like you know, they're just trying to play as many games as they can against quality, great opponents, and that's one of those things that like. You take away at the end of the game, you got a senior-led team that, hey, these wins and losses don't matter in November, but, you know, we're going to try to get better through now and to the end of the Big East season. I think Villanova will take what they learned from some of these games to, you know, kind of kind of try to prepare for the Big East play. I think there is a level of concern if you're a Villanova fan about being able to, like, step on the throat and kind of end the game because mm-hmm. that's twice now in the second half they've given up a 10-point lead with under 10 minutes to play. So, but Against the lead teams, too, yeah. Yeah. Correct. So, I mean, that's something that, you know, if it's happening against St. John's as well or a, you know, bottom mid-tier a Big East team, then definitely there's there's a sign of concerns. But just something you got to monitor, you know, try to, try to put that killer instinct away because you don't want to let teams linger, especially, you know, closer we get to the tournament. So, Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I just got a quick question that I think we should really bring up from yep. my cousin that I think kind of makes sense for everything we're talking about. He asked, is this the deepest college basketball season in decades? Yeah, the I think the I think fifth, it is. I think the fifth year, the COVID year that they were able to give, um, plus the transfer portal of you know the one-time waiver, I think that created just a um, a buzz for people to leave. You know, try new like Garrison Brooks, Brady Manick, um, just some other players like that. Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels, like these are guys that you know are out of eligibility, but are given a one-year pass based off of the 2020 year that was canceled due to the due to um, COVID. But yeah, I'm with you. I think teams are deeper. I think um, you know. If you're relying heavily on freshman and sophomore, you might be in a little trouble because there are some teams out there that have those fifth and sixth year guys that you know kind of are used to. You can throw something at them and they've seen it before. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, real quick before we kind of go here, one last game I want to touch on from this past weekend is Michigan Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, Michigan dropped from number four to number twenty in the AP as they poll. should. They have as they Musa, should. Musa and Hunter Dickinson are awesome, and Caleb Houston has been struggling, but they do not have another score. Eli Brooks is a great role player, but if you're needing him to shoot 12 to 15 times a game, you're in trouble because I don't, I don't see it. Um, Arizona. I mean, that's the biggest takeaway from my weekend. I mean, I know impressive. I, I think my one a one B is uh, Purdue is elite. Like everything coming into the season was right about them. Um, they are a national championship. Good. And then one B is Tommy Lloyd in Arizona. I mean, what they're doing out there is phenomenal. I mean, we're one we're one season off of Sean Miller getting fired. Now he left him some talent with uh, Dale and Terry, and uh, you know just how loaded that team is. But he gets Gonzaga, he gets the Gonzaga big man to transfer in. Um, but I I was floored with how Arizona looks. They're huge, 
They play within themselves. They take care of the ball. They play really good defense, really great spacing on offense. So I'm a big fan of Tommy Lloyd and what he's doing at Arizona. And, you know, that was a big win for him last night. And it wasn't, I mean, it was never really close. I gave out, um, I gave out, I was, gave out Arizona yesterday as one of the picks that I liked at three and a half. And there was part of me that was like, I really wish it was like six or seven because I thought yeah. it would be a really good game, but I didn't think Arizona would win. But man, I, I mean, it was never in doubt yesterday. Arizona was just manhandling them. So. If you're a Michigan fan, that's a I mean, that's a level of concern. You know, you lose at home to Seton Hall, and then you lose in Vegas to Arizona. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Like you play Carolina next week in the Big Ten ACC, so it's it's like you got to get something in a row. Those are two teams that are both going to be needing a win, and Michigan's going to have to go into Chapel Hill to um to get that done. So, what, what were your kind of? I don't know if you watched a little of the game last night. I know it was on later, but I don't know what, what were your kind of takeaways. With was it more impressed with Arizona or more disappointed with Michigan? Definitely more disappointed with Michigan. Uh, That's not a knock on Arizona, but I've been, you know, pretty high on the Juwan Howard train for a few years now. Um, I, I, I think this Michigan team has every reason possible to be an elite basketball program, and they haven't been. I mean, they've, you know, went to the Elite Eight last year. Uh, they were ranked number four in the country, but it's like they always find ways to, like, fall apart. And yep. we just kind of saw that yesterday. And that's that's not a knock on Arizona, like you mentioned. Um you look at guys like uh, Christian Colaco, who was awesome, um, 21-year-old sophomore, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, and then, you know, Azulis Tabellis was obviously really good, too, in his freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, give Arizona all the props. Um, you know, they're 5-0 to start the year. They popped up in the AP pool today. Um, but, yeah, I just – I thought Michigan could have played much better, and they have I mean, yet. Michigan – what do you think Michigan – I have it pulled up here. What do you think Michigan shot from three yesterday? 23%. One of 14. So that is 7%. 7%. All right. I mean, Caleb Houston, 0, and, 0 for 5, um, 2 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from the free throw line. So, like I said, a guy that they need to be their elite scorer. Like, it's really early to be calling on a freshman. That I mean, that's what you bring him in for. That's what he's tar- or, you know, tarleted to be. But the. I mean, that's, he's struggling from the field. It's something that he's definitely going to figure out. It's just like all freshmen do. They struggle when they come in. Um, they always go through a little bit of a stretch. But I think they it's very clear that they need him to be elite scorer of the basketball if they're going to you know, want to get to where they want to be in March. Hunter Dickinson was 4 of 10 from the field, 11 points. Um, Musa Diabate, you know, 4 points. That's really not his game offensively. But there was yeah. a stretch where yesterday, because Arizona's depth and their length is so big, that – they had Diabate and Dickinson in the paint together. And I mean, you're just asking Caleb Houston had nothing to do on the, on the perimeter. He just had to start jacking up threes because he can't drive with both of those guys in the paint and their spacing was kind of all out of whack. So, yeah. but I, I'm with you. I think my bigger takeaway is I'd be more concerned if I was Michigan than Arizona. I'm really high on Arizona. I think they're a really good team. Me too. Um, definitely top 15, top 10. It's nice. I can like them again. Yeah. I've always, yeah. I mean, obviously the Xavier by like not biased, but, your fandom and you know things like that but i thought they were a little shysty a little shady but I, i'm i think it's nice when they're good i think when ucla and arizona are good i think those are two teams that are fun you know gives you something to watch out west coast so i'm pretty high on them i wouldn't be surprised if you know they go into the rest of their non-con and go into pac-12 play pretty pretty high ranked so yeah and make sure we've got to point this out because of how the big 10 does their basketball schedule it's so weird michigan literally has three non-conference games left yeah, Carolina. Well, it's kind of weird too. Carolina plays UNC Asheville Tuesday or tomorrow um, mm-hmm. or today, if you're listening. The then they play Michigan in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So they're they play tomorrow and then they're off like thanks like from Tuesday yeah. to end of Thanksgiving, and then they play next Wednesday against Michigan, 
Then they play next Saturday, next Sunday against Georgia Tech, the first ACC game because they always there's the ACC starts December fifth or fourth or fifth that Saturday Sunday, and then they play like Elon, Furman, Appalachian State, also mixed into like ACC play. So like after they play Georgia Tech, it's like they'll play a non-con, then an ACC game, a non-con, then an ACC game. So like it's kind of weird. They have like four non-con games left, but I, I don't know. The scheduling is kind of all over the place. I kind of like it, whereas like you know, you, you take care of, uh, say you, you struggle against an ACC team and you win, you barely win, you kind of have that non-con opponent and like App State or Furman or somebody to kind of work out some of the kinks. Even though Furman is really good, I just, it's one of those things that, you, you know, you can use as non-conference schedules to um, to tinker out some of the, the issues that you're having. So, but yeah, um, Michigan, you know, they're three and two now. Um, dropped from number four to number 20, you said? Yeah. So that's a, that's a Pretty, pretty substantial drop for them. So, but I, I trust Juwan. I just think they need somebody else to step up. Um, Eli Brooks played 30, 35 minutes, fourteen points. He looked pretty good. Um, but you're getting thirty three minutes, two of eight from the field from Caleb Houston is not not what they brought him in to do. So, no. gonna need more from him. Yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, there was that. Uh, so uh, real quick before we kind of go into some of the, some of the other news, uh, I want to touch real quick. Uh, we talked about the Charleston Classic last week. Uh, we both picked West Virginia to win it. That did not happen. Um, that was that was a weird game. They they were yeah. up twelve at half against Marquette, and just Marquette came out and caught fire. And you know, Shaka's is going crazy on the sideline, a lot of momentum. Like it just kind of flipped on West Virginia, and then they kind of went into panic mode there late in the second half to try to figure something out. Yeah. So St. Bonaventure ends up beating Marquette in the final by twelve. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the Bonnies are back. Fun environment. Uh, they they brought a packed house to Charleston. They were wild yeah. every game. It was. I, I can't believe if you're a Boston College fan, if you're listening, uh, I don't know how you hire Earl Grant over Mark Schmidt, but Mark Schmidt will be a head coach somewhere next year, and he's showing why at St. Bonaventure because they, they're rock solid defensively, and their offense is beautiful. A lot of backdoor cuts, a lot of spacing, a lot of Iverson cuts, a lot of, you know, just they're yeah. moving constantly, um, which is great to see. So I was very, very excited with that that result. A-10, baby. We got St. Bonaventure. George Mason beat Maryland last week. I mean, but they've been they've been losing games left and right there. The A10 just in general, yeah. but yes, um, very happy with the Bonnies. So yeah, Dayton, woof, Obi Toppin not coming back anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, what what a if you're a fan, you just gotta be devastated. 2020 or one seed can't tournament gets canceled. You're terrible last year. One and three this year. It's that's tough. Yeah, it is. Um, so there's that's kind of just a quick recap of the game. Anything else you want to touch on from the weekend before we move on? Um, not best like game wise, but there was commitment news. Yeah, I do want to touch on that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Reed Shepard, uh, the five star combo guard, uh, from, is it North Royal? North North Royal. Yep. Yeah. Out of London, Kentucky has committed to play for the Kentucky Wildcats and following his dad's footsteps. Uh, yeah, right now on 20, the 2023, he is number 37 overall recruit in the country. Um, for those who don't, haven't seen him or don't know what we're talking about, his dad was Jeff Shepard. Part of the 1998 Kentucky Wildcats National Championship team. On the uh, cover of Nintendo 64 College Basketball. That's right. Or 1999. Sorry, not yeah. 2009. I forgot about so, that. Yeah. Um, tried out for the Wizards and did not make it because he was trying out against Michael Jordan. as the story he tells all the time. Yep. Um, but yeah, so to talk about Reed, this is a, he's a fill it up kind of guy. He uh, can score with score in bunches. 
I think last year he averaged about 34 points a game in high school, uh, something around there. So, yeah, this is a really good shooter for them. Um, but the biggest thing here isn't just the fact the player they got, which is obviously big news. It's Kentucky getting a five-star recruit in state finally. Um, yeah, there hasn't hasn't been many lately. No. Um, it's just, you know, they've gotten Dante Allen. David Johnson was fringe five, four-star that went to Louisville. Um, Zion Harmon is at Western Kentucky. He was kind of that four-star, but he always had some, like, yeah, yeah, some issues with his eligibility at different three different high schools in like a year. Um, but yeah, it's a big big get for Cal. It's a legacy recruit. I watched the video um, that Jeff Shepard was talking about with um, one of the guys from KSR. I forget who he was talking about the day that he committed. They were they were coming up on a Saturday from London to Lexington, um, and they were just like they were on to watch practice. And Orlando and Tigo texted Jeff said they weren't practicing, so he was like, "All right, well, we had to figure out a way to like how we're going to surprise Coach Cal and commit." Um, but apparently they went into the basketball offices were like meeting with the coaches and stuff. And then, you know, Reed apparently said to Cal Perry that, you know, he's going to commit and they all went crazy and stuff. And then it was just kind of funny listening to it, especially, you know, it's, it, it's nice seeing, you know, and whether it's fake or whether it's just storytelling or whether it's just, you know, et cetera, in these coaches do get excited. It's awesome to see when, when a player does commit, I love seeing the videos, you know, whether it be Eric Musselman, just losing his mind, popping mm-hmm. champagne, jumping in the pools and stuff like that stuff plays, you know, these coaches are, you know, you're making a commitment to a school for maybe a year, maybe three or four years. Maybe, you know, you're just set yourself up for the rest of your life, depending on where you go play basketball. Um, I think Shepard is going to do well at Kentucky. I think, you know, Calipari is, I, I've kind of done like a, a 180 on Calipari. I still think he struggles X's and O's, but my issues with him has never been like the person. I've always liked him as a person. I think Same. he's funny. Um, I think he's honest. I think he's funny. I think he gets it, um, and I think, you know, I, I love seeing him just in that environment. I think he's great with the kids. You know, he's got a, a record that he can pull up. Oh, you're a point guard? Here's who I got in the league. You're a shooting guard? Here's who I got in the league, you know, et cetera. Yeah. He can just bounce around all these different things. But, um, yeah, big get for Kentucky in-state kids. So hopefully they make the, the state tournament this year, which would be kind of cool if, if Reed's out there balling at Rupp. You know, hopefully he'll get some support from UK fans that are there watching. Well, I'm sure he will. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. that won't be an issue. Oh, yeah. I remember when David Johnson was playing there and he committed a little – they were booing him like crazy. I'm like, there are people just in UK gear booing him. So I love the passion. So Yeah, I remember I went and saw Dante Allen play in high school. And there was a bunch of Kentucky fans there, like wearing gear, like giving him standing ovation as he was introduced in the court. I was like, "Oh man, this is this is something tr- different." Yeah, man, they love they love their kids, so that's that's you got to respect it. Yep. Yeah, you got to respect it. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Reed Shepard. Congratulations! Uh, I'm excited to see what he brings to the Big Blue Nation. Uh, I know that everyone's pretty fired up to get him in. So I don't know if it's it's 2023, but I haven't heard if there's a possibility of him reclassifying or not. Um, I I wouldn't think so. They got Sky Clark, um, Shaden Sharp coming in, or you know, yeah, Sharp Shaden coming Sharp's in. Sky could be a top five pick. They got I got a lot of kids coming in. That's one of those things that you say, you know what? Hey, we got you in the fold for twenty three. Um, same thing with Simeon Wilcher for North Carolina. He's a kid that committed for not next year's class, but the following year. It's like God bless. I'd love to love for him to enroll, but at the same time, you know, let him do the maturing process in high school. I don't want yeah. to get him overwhelmed when they they reclassify. Sometimes that happens. So. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead, then we'll talk about what's coming up. So like we said, this is Feast Week, um, but I think the game everyone's most excited about, which will be today, if you're listening, um, but tomorrow as a day of recording, is actually going to be the one versus two, 10 o'clock tip, UCLA versus Gonzaga. Awesome. Um, 
really awesome game to have on uh, the two days before Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, it's not in any of the tournaments necessarily, just an awesome schedule rematch of the final four. Um, so yeah, that was a game. Jalen sucks at the shot, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. So that's, you know, that's the, that rematch of that game. Um, you know, if you watch, if you watch any college basketball, you can see that they're the two best teams in the country. Uh, maybe Purdue's probably up there. I was say, close. I'm, I'm really high on Purdue. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, so looking at this game, I think the first thing that's really jumping out to me the most isn't just, you know, the obvious, but I think Drew Timmy has played himself into a first round draft pick. I think going into the year, he was a fringe mid second rounder. Um, but the way he has played so far has probably got him in that twenties range. He's going to be and a it, great Washington wizard or Indiana Pacer. Yep. And it would, I was <laughs> going to say, it would not surprise me if by the end of this college basketball season, we were talking about him at the end of the lottery. Like we did Rui. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been the best player in the country. Like, yeah. and on, you know, against Texas, he had 37 in 38 minutes. Um, my, my concern going into this game, it's, it's kind of, it's, uh, compare contrast to the teams is UCLA is very guard heavy. Tiger Campbell, Johnny Juzang, Jules Bernard, um, mm-hmm. Jaime Jaquez, whereas Gonzaga is very post heavy. Uh, Drew Timmy, Chet Holmgren, you know, they're, they're much more talented in the post, the post. So it's going to be interesting seeing how Gonzaga's guards can handle that. Nimhart's awesome. So I'm not really, you know, entirely worried about him, but he's I, way better than he was at Florida. Way oh, yeah. better. Not even close. And I thought it was just he was good last year because all the attention was on Suggs. No, he's same. Yeah, he's a ball. Yeah, he's dominant, legit, like, man. A lead on both ends, so he doesn't turn the ball over. He can lock up your point guard. So, um, very excited for this one. You know, it's a late tip tomorrow, but uh, I'll be excited. I'll be up. You know, the juices will be flowing for that one. Um, yeah, I'm off I, Wednesday, so I'm going to stay up and watch that one. I don't know where. I, I wonder what the line's going to be. If I had to guess right now, early lean Gonzaga favored by four and a half, five. I was gonna say three and a half. Yeah, and I'll probably end up taking Gonzaga. I, I think they're. I think they're still. UCLA has done some good things. Um, you know, beat Nova, came back and won. But there were some moments in that game where they were t- sloppy with the ball, um, giving up layups, giving up backdoor cuts, and things like that. And I think Gonzaga's offense is well polished that they can. Um, I think they're gonna have the advantage on the height and the length and stuff that's gonna cause give UCLA some fits. So. I'll say yeah. Gonzaga wins. I think it's close. Um, I think they'll cover at the end, but just think it's a good, a nice back and forth game. I hope UCLA wins, just for what it's worth. I do too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's not just because of my disdain for Gonzaga. I just want to see, I want to see Mick Cronin get some big W's. Yeah. Um, it's pretty fun watching him do so well, and it's really fun showing that um, you know all those UC fans that said he couldn't really coach. He yeah. uh, he can coach. He can coach. Oh yeah, great X and O guy. Yeah, he might have been the twelfth guy to get uh, on the list for the job, but he's been the right guy for the job. Yep, final four in his second year, so yeah, works out. exactly, perfect. Um, so let's kind of go in real quick. Let's go into some of the tournaments. Um, I'm really excited for. Uh, we got Maui starting here in a, about an hour and a half, actually, from when yep. we're recording. Um, the first game is Texas A&M and Wisconsin. Don't care. Under. I'm taking the under. I don't even know what it is. It could be one eleven. Taking it. These teams cannot score. Nope. Cannot nope. score. The best. What's the better bet in this one? Is it Chris vote fouls out in X amount of minutes, or the under? Uh, both. I'll take. I'll take either of whatever the odds are. I'll take both. Vote. He's <laughs> a terrible defender. Um, I'm over this Wisconsin team. If Davidson's not hitting eight threes, they have no chance of scoring seventy points. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so I think Texas A&M wins that one. Um, 
Butler Houston. Butler's played pretty well so far. Except um, for the Michigan State game. Except for that one, but that's okay. Yeah. That happens. Um, but I think Houston's just way better. And um, I don't, you know, the, the, the talent pipeline going through Hinkle just hasn't been there in a few years. No. Um, this isn't just the Brad Stevens or Chris Holtman thing. Um, and this isn't a knock on Laval Jordan. I just think he hasn't, you know. It's been hard they to get healthy. They've been playing yeah. with injuries just about every year. It's they're always having somebody out. Um, yeah, I like when Butler's good uh, for the too. Big East I, for you know for the Xavier Big the Butler rivalry. I think you know they're fun. Um, I would say mid major, but they're a fun big. They're a fun team to root for. A former mid major that's in the Big East. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest. The Maui kind of it's not really doing it for me this nope. year. The ba- Battle for Atlantis it. is a much better bracket, but we'll still break down the Maui. Yeah, I, I think Wisconsin A&M. Couldn't tell you. I probably go Wisconsin. We'll probably sneak out a win. I'm not confident in it. AM is looked atrocious on offense. Yeah. But Butler Houston, uh, I think it could be a close game. I think Houston kind of I think they're at the off. end. I think Houston's kind of been toying with their food in the non-con, especially against uh, was it Hofstra that they went to overtime with? They went to Ho- overtime against Hofstra and then like they were up big on Virginia. Yeah, they whooped Virginia. Um, but I could see Houston. Houston Butler being close, but Houston sneaking out a win there. The bottom of the bracket is very intriguing. Oregon coming up again. Oregon playing Chaminade after coming off getting just absolutely boat raced against BYU. And then mm-hmm. the, the nightcap, 830, um, sorry, 1130 our time. Notre Dame, St. Mary's. I think the second round matchups could be fun. I think a uh, Houston AM, Houston, Wisconsin game could be fun. Mm-hmm. Oregon, Notre Dame could be fun. But I think the championship game of Oregon and or, um, Oregon Houston would be really, really fun to watch. So that's, that's kind of what I'm what I for. suspect will be the yeah. finals. Yeah. I just think that those are the two best teams in the bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the same way. Um, the Ducks have won this before. Mm-hmm. So I guess I will go with the Ducks to win it. But if Kelvin Sampson pulls this off for Houston, I in no way, shape, or form will be surprised. Right. I'm, I agree 100% with you said. They're, they're very good coming out their final four in last year. Well, coach, I think he's one of the top 10 coaches in the league right now. Um, yeah, just, I'm very excited for hopefully, you know, Wednesday night. It's always funny. The, the aging debate of the, the championship game for the Maui is always, you know, when you're going out to, uh, you know, night before Thanksgiving, I remember going out the last couple of years and that game being on is always kind of a rallying point at the bars to watch. I remember when North Carolina beat, um, North Carolina beat Wisconsin in 2017, we were yeah. I was down downtown and just, we were at the, I think we were at Holy Grail and it was packed. There's so many Wisconsin fans there for some reason. And we were just going back and forth all night. So that was that was fun. But, um, yeah, I think the Maui should be fun. Like you said, tips off here, you know, in about an hour and a half. So pretty excited to have some daytime basketball on and uh, give you something to watch while you're either working from home or when you're in the office. So, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about Battle of the Lancers real quick because we got mm-hmm. some really fun games here. This starts tomorrow. Yep. Uh, starts Wednesday. I'm sorry. So we got Michigan State, Loyola, Chicago. Obviously Great team- game. Great game. Teams have had a lot of success over the past few years. Uh, two teams have recently been in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun. Auburn, UConn, they're two really good teams. Yep. It's going to um, be a rock fight. Yeah, I've been very impressed with UConn so far this year. Uh, Syracuse, VCU is kind of okay. The stinker uh, of the day, kind of. VCU's yeah. offense. Had, did you see that? I sent you the final score of uh, last week. <laughs> Vander, or I think, sorry, you sent that to me. Vanderbilt, VCU. And I was, 48 like, to 37, something. Setting basketball back 500 years. That was just painful to watch. Yeah, no, I didn't have, watch it. Sorry, painful to look at. Yeah, and then we have Baylor, Arizona State. Um, so 
I really like that Michigan State Loyola game. It's at a, it's at noon our time mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Um, so it's a great pre Thanksgiving Day game. Um, think that's gonna be a lot of fun. I think Auburn UConn is a blast. It's going I, to be terrific. I think the top part of the bracket, winner side and losers bracket, is fun. Like yeah, it is Michigan State. Like the winner loser of like each matchup is. I'm intrigued by either of those. So. Um, and there's always it's always nice having games on actual Thanksgiving. Um, we always do our fam- Thanksgiving a little later, so it's kind of nice to wake up and have some hoops on to to watch yeah. before you go over to your families. But yeah, I, I'm very intrigued with Loyola Michigan State. Um, I, I think the contrast in styles. I think kind of what Michigan State does poorly, Loyola can capitalize on, and mm-hmm. vice versa um, for Loyola on the offensive end. Auburn, I'm very excited to see Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, guys that have had some struggles to start their year. I know Auburn just recently beat South Florida um, Friday. They didn't look great doing it, but excited to see kind of how they turn it around, especially and you know in that environment. The the nightcap games, Syracuse just lost to Colgate at home. Their two three zone has been pretty bad this year. I think they got hundreds hung on them. So um, I, I would like to see them kind of get more refined defensively on that end. And then Baylor um, just absolutely boat race Stanford. Um, on Saturday. So pretty excited to watch them and James Akinjo and Matthew Meyer. So I think, you know, my pre my pick right now for the championship game. Wow. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Auburn Baylor in the final. I had the same thing. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't, I, I, all I was deciding between was Auburn and UConn. Whoever won that game was getting to the finals for me. So I think I'm going to go Auburn and um, Baylor in the championship game. And I'll have Baylor taking him. Yeah. Baylor has a thing about winning titles lately. Oh yeah. Scott Drew is addicted to it now. Yes. Yes, he is. So yeah, I, I had the same thing. I was like, God, if he's going to say the same thing. I am that son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. So I'm trying to see what other we have going on. We got the now. preseason. Uh, yeah. NIT, preseason yeah. NIT. And then we have Fort Myers tip off as well. Yep. Okay. I'll pull up the Fort Myers. Who's talking to me. Go ahead and tell everybody about the uh, preseason NIT. Preseason NIT is a four man tournament at the Barclays in Brooklyn. Um, where Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors made that their second home this past mm-hmm. week. You love to see it. Um, so matchups here are really fun. Uh, Xavier playing Iowa State in the first round. Um, Iowa State actually has played a little better than I thought they would. I don't necessarily love them as a team. Right. Um, but, you know, they. I think they've been pretty darn good. Uh, you look at so far, they've got... I'm trying to pull up their schedule. I just had it a second ago. Of course, this always happens to me. So they're starting off 4-0, um, but they've beat Kennesaw State. They beat Oregon State, Alabama State, and Grambling. So I think Xavier will run them out of the gym, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, and on the other end, the Virginia Tech-Memphis game, I know everyone's immediately going like Memphis is going to win, and probably will. Don't get me wrong. But Virginia Tech has played awesome so far. They're 5-0. I'm, ex- I'm excited for Kivi Aluma, Aluma versus uh, Jalen Duran. That is going That's to gonna be, be awesome. so good. Yep. Yeah. I think Memphis will win just because of who they are. But I would not be shocked if Virginia Tech wins. So I'll say the championship game will be Xavier Memphis. And Colby Jones versus Imani Bates is must-watch TV. Oh, yeah. Um, You you were talking about it. You said this is a good week for Colby Jones to kind of solidify himself in the – in the draft rankings and, you know, get himself out there on some big boards. And what a better week to do so when you're playing, you know, an NBA talent or two lottery picks. So hopefully playing two lottery picks. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Travis will let them lose to Iowa State. To be honest with no. you, right? Um, Especially I, how they're playing. You know, it'd be a momentum killer. Yeah, but the Memphis games are really unique. Um, you know, I, I obviously worry about Jalen Duran and um, even guys like Jaden Hardaway has played really well. Yep. Um, so I think that that's that's a 
that's a fun matchup. It potentially could be besides Gonzaga UCLA, uh, the game of Feast Week. It could be I, that good. I agree. Yeah, I, I, yeah, everything you're saying. I'm excited for Virginia Tech Memphis. Um, I think offenses will be rolling there. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I, this is a, it's a sneaky good little little um, MTE they have going on in Brooklyn. So very excited to see the results. That starts Wednesday, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. And then I have the Fort Myers tip off um, here pulled up. Those start tonight. Um, when you're listening, so I guess yesterday, when, if you're listening, that is Ohio State and Seton Hall. They play tonight, and then Cal and Florida. I think you're looking at a, I don't know. I I, I go back. Seton Hall, two and a half. Yeah. Are they their favorite by two and a half? Favorite by two and a half. Wow. Yeah, I'll go Seton Hall, Florida in the championship game. There's a Palm Division and the Beach Division. The Palm Division is Southern Miss, Yale, Milwaukee, and Bowling Green. So that's a little bit of a lesser um, lesser side of it. And then on the other, the Beach Division is what we're talking about now. So, yeah, I'll go Seton Hall, Florida, and I think I'm going to have Seton Hall win in the tournament. They really impressed me. Really impressed me against um, Michigan. Yeah, they are they are pretty darn good. Um, Bryce Aikens. Really good at basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he hits a lot of shots. But I I don't know, man. I think the Buckeyes are gonna bounce back. I think I think EJ Liddell had a really good game against Xavier, and I think that he's pissed off they lost that game. Um, their freshman guards, I thought, played pretty well. They just played experienced guards, mm-hmm. you know, Jerome Hunter and Paul Scruggs and guys like that. So I think that just the experience got the best of them. Um <clears throat> their team is gonna find their offense, but I think this is a good matchup for them. Um, I think that Liddell is going to be able to kind of do what he wants. I mean, he's averaging 21 and seven a game right now. Yep. So give me the Buckeyes in that one. So I'll take a Buckeyes Florida rematch of the 2007 national championship. Yeah. No Greg Oden this time. No Greg Oden this time. Yep. Do the Buckeyes no, pull it out or does Florida win? I think Florida's going to win. I think they're going to be, I think the Gators are on their belt to start some special Mike Wake yeah. really, really getting it together. Castleman or Castleman Castleton looks great this year for Florida. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. Is there any other tournaments we missed? No. Nope. And then Friday we get Gonzaga Duke. Um, that's also being played in Vegas. So that'll be very exciting to watch. Yeah, that will be. Um, trying to think here real fast if I miss anything else. No, because we got like Kentucky and North Florida. Yep. Um, yeah. So I think we kind of touched on everything as far as the tournaments go. Um, wrap it up here with uh our all americans of the week i got so. two all right go first for one jaden ivy Easy. everything i meant yeah i mean look great against north carolina great against villanova and then my second one is going to be let's see I haven't made the decision yet. who's your all american maybe i'll have just have one i had to go homer this week i was at too many games i'm at paul scruggs yeah that dunk he had on Liddell was disgusting. <laughs> uh, we got a photo of it in our game recap website yep. of 40 minutes network.com. Shout out my guy, Desmond Fisher. Um, but Scruggs right now is averaging 16 a game, four assists and five and a half rebounds. Um, he is, t- he took over the Ohio state game to get Xavier when their, their biggest win in a long time. And if you see now, like, you know, like I said, they played Norfolk state yesterday. So he had a way to, he had a chance to kind of take a seat and just like guys like Adam Kunkel get hot. And he did. Um, and he did him and uh, Nate Johnson both did. So Scruggs did a really good job facilitating for them and just kind of making sure this team was winning these games and not having hangover. So um, I think Paul Scruggs has the ability to possibly be a, you know, third team all American. Yep. Um, so especially in the conference he plays. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Paul Scruggs this week. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Ivy, Paul Scruggs, good company to be named with. So, yeah. I like it. Did you find your second one or are we just rolling with it? Just rolling with one. All right. 
cool. Well, we wanted to do this episode just a little wee early this week, just because Feast Week's going on. It's obviously very exciting. Um, hopefully, you know, all the things we talk shit about, like uh, that first game in Maui, um, end up a lot better than we feel like they're going to be. <laughs> right. um, but don't hold your breath. So thank you guys for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. Hope you have an awesome Thanksgiving, and we yep. will talk to you soon. Peace.